What a wild year 2022 was. According to Spotify, I released 20-something episodes. I got 47% more listeners. And overall, we had a great listening year. So if you're still here in the new year, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your commitment to the podcast, your listenership, your camaraderie. I love to see it. And I think we're going to have a great 2023. I think we are. I committed when I started this podcast to do 100 episodes. And, you know, here I am just getting right to it. And that means that As of this episode, we have 38 left. And because we have 38 left, I really want to be intentional about 2023 and this podcast. No, I have not made a vision board. No, I have no plan for the year yet. But I'm hoping that by March, I will. Side note, I have an IMBD page, if that's what you call it. Now for this podcast, I don't know how I got it, but I now officially know the start date of this podcast, which I didn't know before, so I can have an anniversary episode now, which I haven't had in three years of this podcast. Two years? Two, three? I'm not sure. I'm really bad at math. But yes, let's just get into it. Before I start, I want to dedicate this episode I've never dedicated an episode before, but I want to dedicate this episode to Willie. Willie, sir, wherever you are, I know you're listening to this podcast. And I have a little message for you. First of all, Happy New Year, sending positive vibes and blessings your way. But if you could please stop using the podcast email for your little spam registrations I would appreciate it thank you that is my dedication for the year perfect guys right now I'm having the wildest night and I want to recap it I'm at home yeah that's what I'm doing on a Friday night I'm at home I'm recording a podcast episode I was talking to Antonio about how gorgeous his back is but we'll get to that later Um, I literally am watching the U.S. House Speaker vote. Let's chat about it. Let's talk about it. So there's this guy. His name's Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy? Not like Jesse McCartney. It's Kevin McCarthy. And I've never heard of this man one day in my life before today. But what really got me engaged in the U.S. House speaker vote because I've never been engaged in this before. I just know Nancy Pelosi's a rocket and has the heavies, as Andrew Schultz would say. But I was never engaged in like 
this form of U.S. politicking before. But then I said, hold up. For the first time in a hundred years, is that a century? I think it's a century. A man can't get a speaker vote. Like, hold on, guys. Hold your hostage. He literally went to get voted and he got declined 14 times. Like, people had to vote for him, 200 and something people, and he couldn't get enough votes 14 times because he's that disliked. And I thought to myself, like, if I was that disliked that people were like, no, we don't want you, by the fifth time I'd be like, I get the message, I'm out of here. Because I feel like anything after five times of being declined is now bullying. Don't you think that way, guys? Like, I feel like you have no backbone. You don't look strong to me. And if you don't look strong to me in Canada, you're not going to look strong to the American population. And they really thrive on the strength of their leaders. But what really got me in this moment, what really engulfed me, what really had me glued to the screen was Matt Gates. Let's talk about him. I want to preface this by saying that before tonight, I did not know anything about the allegations against Matt Gate and his sex trafficking or his sex like predatoriness. Like I don't have the full details. I just got quoted or tagged in something. I don't know. But essentially, Matt Gates was like, "No, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not fucking voting for you. I don't like you." And you can tell when McCartney McCartney. Oh my God. I'm thinking about Jesse, guys. Beautiful soul. You can tell when McCarthy walked up to Gates and was like, bitch, why the fuck are you not voting for me? And Gates had his finger out in his face. You can tell it was personal. It was deep. It was guttle. And I couldn't look away. And I sat there and I stared and I just watched this unravel. But hold Hold everyone. This is not even the best part. There was another man, Caucasian, of course, and Republican at best. He comes with his pink scarf, ready to fight, and they had to hold him back, not by the shoulder, not by the arm, but by the face. They had to hold him back so he would not engage in fight with Gates. And two the side of Gates, we see Marjorie Taylor Greene, and we know nothing can go right tonight. No, it cannot. But it did, alas, because Donald Trump made a call. He did. He apparently, and this is what I hear from news outlets, more than one news outlet, not specifically CNN, but also I think MSNBC, Twitter is a news outlet. Elon Musk owns it now. I'm going to assume it's a legitimate source of news. But apparently, Donald Trump made a call to Matt Gates, and lo and behold, Matt was like, I will do it. And then you see McCartney, Kevin McCarthy, not McCartney, Kevin McCarthy runs, and he says to the lady with the tiny notebook and the tiny pencil, he says, please stop. We're not leaving. We're all changing our stance on the yay. We all changed to nay. They're not leaving. Republicans will not be leaving tonight. And for the 15th time, 
we embrace the vote. We sit down engulfed at the TV, Twitter's ablaze. McCartney is jiggling in his seat. I have never seen this jubilance from him. All 14 votes. And he snatches it. On January 6th, the day of the insurrection, Kevin Carthy snacks the Speaker of the House vote. And guys, I'm fucking amazed. Like, this man has no shame. He's there acting like this is his first round. He's like, yes, I won this shit. I got it. I'm the king of the house. Well, the speaker. But guys, 15 rounds? And you're this happy? I'd be fucking ashamed. But that's just me. So anyways... Kevin McCarthy is now the U.S. Speaker of the House. I think as I'm recording this, he's actually getting voted in. Let me put on my glasses so I can see the television screen. Guys, I have this on. I am so engulfed. It says Speaker-elect McCarthy about to be handed gavel and deliver speech. So guys, he, he got this in the bag. In the bag. It is locked and loaded. And you know what? I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the fact that he has no realm of embarrassment. And that's similar to me as well. So he and I are similar in our ability to not feel embarrassment. We're not similar in any other capacity. Please do not ever think that we are similar. That's it. I want to move on to something that has been really plaguing me, a thought that I've been having a lot lately. And I want to know if you share it. So before the break, because this is the fourth or fifth time I've recorded episode 62, guys. I just wasn't feeling podcasting in the holidays. It was not the vibe at the moment. Like December 19th when I was recording for the first time, I was like, "Mm, don't feel like saying Merry Christmas right now. But now I feel like saying Happy New Year. New Year, new me, bitches. Anyways, but what I was going to say, my friend was like, Alex... You need to start reading reverse harem romances. And you guys know I love the after series. You guys know that I really liked. No, you guys don't know. I haven't recorded since then. I really liked Through My Window, the movie and the book. I love a toxic romance. In fact, even if it's not toxic, I love a romance. I even read Icebreaker. And side note, I put my favorite smuts of the year in an episode. I'm going to pull that out and actually make it a bonus episode. Um... For those of you who like to read. But anyways, she's like, Alex, you got to read reverse harems. And for those of you who don't know what reverse harems are, they're basically books that are like about polyandry. And polyandry is the act of brother husbands or like um, a woman having multiple male partners similar to sister wives. So... I was like, you know what? I'm not really into the entire process or thought of like, I'm not even into the thought process or thought of like a book on like polygamy. So I wouldn't be into a book about polyandry. And she's like, they're great. Just read them. So the first one I read was Tangled in Tinsel. And I was like, you know what? It's great. But this really confirms that I'm a monogamist and not like into this stuff. But then I read another book. And it's called Faking with Benefits, and it's by Lily Gold. And I really enjoyed the book. Like, I really enjoyed it. Until the end. I'm going to tell you guys why. First thing that these two reverse harem books taught me about myself is that 
I want men to fight to the end for me. If there are three or four men that want me, I want a gladiator style fight. I want them to suit up. No guns. Don't bring any guns to the fight. I want swords and not their swords. I want like legitimate swords. Or I want like a wizardry competition like Harry Potter. I want there to be some kind of visual component with this. I don't want it to be like, oh my God, we all get along. We're all best friends and we love this one girl. No, honey, one of you needs to come out on top. This confirms I'm monogamist. And the whole time I'm reading these books, I'm like, which one's going to win? We get to the end and none of them win. They all work together to be the best thing that ever happened to this one woman. And I'm just like, girl, first of all, how's your libido that high? Whatever you're eating, tell me. I need to know. Number two. This is the biggest number two. Like, how do you give that much emotional capacity to so many people at one time? Now let's move on to faking with benefits. What really got me was the end. They have a wedding and all three guys marry the girl. I needed to know who the legal husband was. Like, she never told me that. Like, I'm like, who is the legal husband? Now, if you read the book, I believe it's Luke because he's the oldest. And she says that she elected to have his child first because he's the oldest. But then what really got me is I'm like, hold on, buddies. You have all have one wife. One of you needs to be the first husband. I don't know which one it is, but one of you needs to be the first husband. I'm going to assume Luke is the first husband. But I can't tell who the second and third husband is except in order of which they got her pregnant. It was really stressful to me that they didn't know either. And I had so many questions. I was like, who deserves her more? Who doesn't? I know Zach didn't, but I was like, who deserves her more? Who deserves her the most? I wanted to see some healthy male competition. And I couldn't get that. And that's my issue with reverse harems, is that I like when a man is like engulfed with one woman and he doesn't want to share her and he's just like monogamy, smack dab. So once again, I'm going to stick to monogamy. That's for me, not this reverse harem crap. Would I read another reverse harem? Absolutely. But I want to see like some outcome. Like I want to see a competitive nature to it you all cannot fucking have her what are you going to do as you get older could you imagine maybe it'll work out because they're all best friends i don't know can someone write like a book where like they have a reverse around in like their 20s 30s but like in their 60s 70s shit changes like i really would love to read that and get there i'm so intrigued someone please give that to me so Moving on, um, I want to talk about Irish men today. So not particularly because I'm seeking one, because oh, this is what happened. I told my friend, I was like, hey girl, I want to go to Ireland. And she's like, you want to go to Ireland? She repeated it to me, guys. I was like, yeah, I want to go to Ireland. Okay. Lo and behold, she calls me yesterday. And she's like, hey girl, um, I found an Irishman for you. I'm like, what? 
she's like, remember when you said you wanted an Irish man? And I was like, no, I said I wanted to go to Ireland. And she's like, no, no, you said you wanted an Irish man. I said, no, 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 honey. I said I wanted to go to Ireland. And we had this back and forth tug and like Paul moment. And she's like, don't worry. I told him already that you're looking for an Irish man. I'm like, the fuck? Because I never said I was looking for an Irish man, as far as I'm concerned. Unless it's Hosier. Andrew Hosier, Brian Byrne, take me to church. Mr. Take me to church. If you are listening to this right now, only you. No reverse harem. Anyways, but I basically was like, I want to go to Ireland. She sets me up with this guy. And I'm like, I cannot go because he thinks I fetishize him. So I will not be going. But isn't it funny how things can get misconstrued? If any of you listening right now think that I said I want to go to Ireland and it sounded like I want an Irishman, please let me know because maybe I said it too fast. Maybe the words strung together. I don't know. But this was so, so wild to me that she got that from what I said. That's a bit of a recap on my dating life. Um, I want to talk about Prince Harry. Guys, I haven't been here in a while. There's so much to say. Let's talk about Prince Harry for two minutes. Hold your horses. Don't leave the podcast. Um, I literally have to like get on this. So Prince Harry has a book called Spare coming out. And yes, of course I pre-ordered Spare. What do you think of this is that I did not pre-order Spare? Guys, when I was a child, I was fucking obsessed with Prince Harry. I thought he was the hottest thing since sliced bread. My grandfather knew. And um, yeah, I'm still in love with Prince Harry. But like he is embarrassing me as his second um, wife. I'm also a sister wife to Meghan Markle. I want everyone to know that. But as a second black wife, he's really embarrassing me. And so um, what I would like to say here is Harry, stop. But these tweets on Twitter are fantastical. Like fan-fucking-tastical. Like literally people are like Prince Harry revealed. And they're making parodies of the book because Prince Harry revealed this one thing about his brother's fucking hairline. And it was the funniest thing ever. Let me see if I can find some of them because I really want to read some of them to you. This one girl said Prince Harry is becoming the most annoying woman on the internet. Do I think he's like becoming the most annoying woman on the internet? Not yet. Not yet at all. I'm so engulfed. I am fucking laughing. Okay, this is a good one. In his forthcoming memoir, Prince Harry writes about seeing Meghan in a bonnet for the first time. He states, from that moment, I knew I wanted to protect her the way satin protects her hair, Afro hair. Prince Harry reveals he was physically attacked and knocked to the floor by his brother, Prince William, during a confrontation in 2019, the year I graduated from my undergrad, by the way. The confrontation escalated because William called Markle difficult, rude, and abrasive. Prince Harry reveals in his new memoir that in order to marry Meghan, Queen required him to find a cow as white as milk, the cape as red as blood, the hair as yellow as corn, the slipper as pure as gold. Before the chime of midnight in three days' time, Prince Harry reveals Golem as his comfort character during his lowest moments in New Memoirs Fair. His obsession with the ring resembles my grandmother's greed. 
with her own crown jewels. He's so inspiring to me. Just like Gollum, my brother lost all his hair. <gasps> Breaking news, Prince Harry has revealed in his book that Makusha Michaela is his new favorite writer. Nurturing young black British talent is important. And I hope to read more of her work soon. Prince Harry reveals whether he's circumcised in a bombshell spare memoir. Prince Harry calls William's hair loss alarming and says that his resemblance to their mother, Princess Diana, has faded with time in new memoir. Prince Harry says that although William is only two years younger, the hair loss is more advanced than his in his new memoir. In his new memoir, Prince Harry reveals that he had a rocky relationship with brother William's the latter impromptu performance with Taylor Swift. It really pissed me off, he said. He's not even a real fan like me. He only knows love story. I'm a real Swifty. Prince Harry reveals that Camilla Parker Bowles turned his bedroom to a dressing room as soon as he moved out. The end. Those tweets are so hilarious. I don't know what else to say. Guys, go to Twitter. Prince Harry was trending because these tweets were so hilarious. I hope you enjoyed my rereading of them all. I had a great time reading them back to you. Before I proceed, though, before I end the podcast and I kind of give a recap of, like, what we're going to do moving forward, I need to talk about the man of the fucking hour, Andrew motherfucking Tate. Sex trafficker. In jail right now, arrested for sex trafficking charges. So, in a more serious note, um, the method of sex trafficking um, Andrew Tate utilized was called Loverboy. And what Loverboy is, is, essentially, you find girls who are a little bit more naive and easy to persuade and you promise them love, you promise them affection, you promise them things, materials, money. And then he would lure them into making paid sex tapes, which he would then sell. And using the lover boy method is actually a form of sex trafficking. Because these women are kind of consenting to being with you, but they're not really consenting to pornography. And that is a crime within itself. So we can confirm, and also I think two interviews came out that I haven't been privy to as yet. We can confirm that Andrew Tate is actually... A sex trafficker. But more and below, behold, we need to talk about a tweet that came out that is so funny, I can't even. Like, this tweet is so funny, I can't even, like, not laugh. It is so, like, so this guy tweeted, Andrew Tate needed to be arrested for dropping this anyway. I'm going to play it for you. guys so andrew tate made a song and that was the song if you heard it the line that sends me to the grave every fucking time is literally they call me mr plenty check the leather on the bentley every time i hear that i fucking die of laughter but let's talk about the beat the beat doesn't even go hard like the one thing you need to have if you're a shitty rapper you need to have a fucking good beat like okay Am I going to throw under the bus tonight? <laughs> Can't be Drake. 
can't be future because I'm in love with him. So it's not future. I can't think of a rapper off the top of my head right now. But think of a shitty rapper. Any shitty rapper. And think about the fact that if they did not have a fire beat, would you be listening? Fuck no. Okay? So I could rap too. Like, you know what I mean? I'm ready for it. But I would ensure that the beat was fire. I would not bring this pathetic beat that did, did, did. What is Andrew Tate doing? No, honey, no. And then the lyrics associated with it were just not the vibe. Andrew, baby, you gotta do better in the future. But you know, because you're in jail and a sex trafficker, there will be no future. That song is the worst rap song I've ever heard. And what I got from the video, and you can watch it on YouTube, by the way, with all that money, all those cars, the Bugatti, the Ferrari, the 12V, five cylinders, whatever the fuck he told Greta Thunberg. Honey, you couldn't reward like a Ford Braces, like Invisalign? Baby, Invisalign. For all the money he has, Andrew Tate has some really bad teeth. And I'm going to judge him for that. I am going to judge him for that. Because I have less money and I got my situation fixed at, like fixed. I got it worked out. Andrew Tate, baby, Invisalign exists. How are you pulling babes and you don't got the teeth straight? Pull up at the gate. Right? Gotta do it. Imagine if I rapped right now. Andrew Tate's so easy to rhyme with. Like, what am I gonna say? Andrew Tate. Oh, fuck. Pizza box, pizza gate. Andrew Tate gets locked away. Another bar. Let me think about it. Hold on. Pours her wine because she knows she's a dime. <laughs> oh my god, no. I don't even know what else to say, but that was fucking hilarious. Imagine that was actually a rap. I really tried. I really tried hard made myself laugh anyways guys we gotta wrap up we've been here for almost half an hour now or over half an hour now but what i want to say is happy new year to everyone i probably won't be back until i finish reading spare which will be around my birthday so i'll definitely give you a birthday pod we won't be i won't be recording at all for february i mean i'll be recording in february my guest spots but you won't have a podcast episode in february um we'll get a new one in march I might throw a bonus out there in February, I haven't decided yet, but you won't get like a episode like 60 something in February. Um, but yeah, that's all for now. Thank you for listening once again and chat soon.